Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 127. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. <laughs> Sorry, I blanked out there for a moment. I was just like staring at the, at the oh, because we're recording via Zoom again. But I was staring at her. I'm like, can she hear us? <laughs> I did. I did. Sorry, I was lost, lost in the lost in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys! It's the weather's changing, so I'm kind of glad. Like at night, it gets a little like damp and foggy which i really yes love. it gets it cold. does and i and don't understand <laughs> i don't understand the ability for the weather to be both cold and fucking sticky at the same time i'm oh, so yes. sticky i'm like i'm so over this humidity i want it to end <laughs> But, you know, the thing about this really weird hot weather we're having during the day is ants. Ugh. And I'm talking about those those little little tiny insects that invade your home. <laughs> yes. I battle ants every freaking summer in this house. Uh, my husband and I live in an older home in an older developed community of our town and um, the house itself has a very interesting um, history. It was, I want to say it was um, built in like the 30s or 40s or something, maybe even earlier, maybe not. But anyway, back then in the day, and we are located super close to the San Pedro um, shipping yard area or whatever. So there's a lot of international boats that come in and out. And we actually have a um railway that lives uh, that is here near our house where the the big metal containers that they sometimes find dead people in <laughs> wait what <laughs> because their people are freaking trafficking humans oh my there. god yeah so anyway they come through here then their ra- railway that's all to say that our house was built to house the longshoremen back in the day and it's an old home. There's cracks in the foundation. There's cracks in the walls. There's cracks in the paint. There's cracks underneath all the little um, like paneling everywhere. And wherever there is a crack, I guarantee you an ant has crawled its little ass through it. I am so <laughs> frustrated with ants right now. Oh they are God. everywhere. Oh, agreed. Oh, my gosh. So. I don't know what happened. I think we left like a little piece of pizza or like, you know, like a little crumb on the counter in the kitchen. And all of a sudden we see a bunch of ants and a trail of ants. And I'm just like, where are they coming from? They're coming through the electric outlet. Like, how am I going to spray the electric (laughs) outlet down? Like, I don't want to electrocute my house. Actually, that happened to me here too. And I didn't even think about it. I sprayed it and then I was like... Oh, that probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Incredible. All this talk uh, of ants, like my my only horrifying ant story is that when I was a kid, 
during the summer, I fell asleep on my family's couch, unaware that there was a bunch of wet candy underneath <gasps> the couch. And when I woke up, I was covered in ants and ant bites. Oh, my Ooh. gosh. Yep. And I had like all these little bites all over me. And I was like, I was in tears because I was so itchy. And then my mom was just like, hold on, I got this. And she got, um, um what is that? What is that Central American uh, agria? Agria the uh, the really clear alcohol that's like fucking like oh. sixty proof or whatever. And she grandma it used all... to do the same with my bug bite. Yeah. She'd put a hundred percent alcohol on it, and oh my mm-hmm. god, it would burn so bad. But it did make it yeah. stop itchy. <laughs> yeah, and so like my mom grabbed that bottle of alcohol and just doused little six-year-old me and i was just like it sounded like the devil was coming for me (laughs) but i did stop itching Mm -hmm. well i do have also a horrifying ant story that literally (laughs) happened to me the other day so it is fresh in my mind i've been telling this story to um my closest dearest friends and so um constant listeners we (laughs) you will now (laughs) hear my horrifying ant story (laughs) So it all starts with the uh, idea that I have recently started using menstrual uh, cups. So for those of you who are listening, who have the need for a menstrual, um, a way to deal with your menstruation uh, every month, I had not tried a cup ever in my life. Um, I used to do pads all the way up until college. Then I did tampons with my best friend standing on the other side of the door trying to teach me how to put it in (laughs) and then I literally like a couple of months ago was like I'm gonna try this uh this period thing this flex um cup and so you literally just it's a it's like medical grade plastic and it's flexible and you kind of just, it's a disc and you squeeze the disc together to insert it where in your vagina, where your period comes out. (laughs) And um, it sits in your vaginal canal in a way that it blocks the cervix where the blood comes out and it catches it into a little like holder. Then you get to wear it for 12 hours. And so that's like, you know how many tampons I would go through in 12 hours? And mm-hmm. that's like a big deal to not have to change in 12 hours. So um, at the end of the day, you take it out, you dump what you can into the toilet, you rinse it out in the sink. Some of them are reusable. I don't have a reusable one. I have one that you throw away. Wrap it in toilet paper, throw it away. I have saved a lot of money actually on tampons buying the disc. So let's get to the ant portion of the story. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day, um, I'm emptying the disc into the sink. I'm rinsing it out so I can throw it away. And um, my husband has uh, recently cut his hair, but he cut his hair over the sink. And so the sink is stopped up because the hair got in the sink. I'm talking like this because this is an issue that happens every time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I'm rinsing it out. And the water is not going down. So the sink is full of this water that I'm rinsing out (laughs) the cup into. And I'm like, damn it. So there I am trying to get it all down to go down the sink. Finally, it all goes down. I don't see it anymore. I go to bed. The next morning, I come into the bathroom to just 
do my morning, my, my uh, morning everyday bathroom things. And I walk in and I swear that sink is full on black with ants and they are inside the drain (laughs) (laughs) because I can only guess that because the sink was not draining quickly that there were some remnants left over of what I was rinsing out actually in the drain and so the ants and those mother effers they fucking found it and I mean sink was full of ants and so I walked in the bathroom and I just went, oh my God, because <laughs> immediately I knew what had happened. <laughs> I told my husband, this is like the beginning of some horror story where the ants ate my period blood and then like became some mutant type insect and like just start like taking over more than they already. I mean, they're already our masters. They're everywhere here. And so anyway, yes, that is my horrifying <laughs> <ant> story. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, you know, it makes complete sense though. I um in the morning I hawk loogies. Like really like I cuz I like to like brush right into like my throat like why and I like to like I don't know why. Practice. <laughs> Practice. Yes. <laughs> I I don't know why I do that all the time. Like I like I make myself gag and then like hawk the deepest darkest loogie in the back of my throat. <laughs> And then, you know, I rinse it and, you know, into the sink or whatever. Tell me why the ants go for my loogies. What the fuck? They're like, one time I think there was like a like a spot of my loogie, like still on the sink, you know, like if you don't rinse it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I came back and they were like, uh, like all over it. It was yeah. disgusting. Like, I'm like, I don't like my loogies. What the fuck are you doing eating my fucking <laughs> I they mean, are ants- not discerning at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. But ants are a real problem. Like we have two trees, one in the backyard and one in the front yard. And they are just like, I don't know. They're like the commanders of the trees because they even are on the leaves. And if the leaf falls on you, you instantly get one or two ants on your skin. Like Jeez. It's like they they're like everywhere. Like I don't know what to do. Like honestly, I've done the baking soda. I've mm-hmm. done you know like I try to do it like the whole natural way because I have taffy. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and Jacob or whatever. So I, I try not to use the the poison. But man, they really make it really difficult. I know. Like, oh, yes, uh, I'm I'm hoping that the weather change to being colder just change allows for them to hunker down for the I mean they should have enough food after, <laughs> after <laughs> my my period <laughs> in the sink to make it through the winter and that they're just not I mean because there's no way for us to just stop them from coming in because there's just you clog up they, the the experts on the internet tell you to put um, Elmer's glue into the little holes my whole house would be Elmer glued if I did that. We have so many little cracks and crevices. So I'm just waiting for winter to come so that they just go away. Wait, right. I mean, like I said, they were coming through the freaking electrical outlet. Yeah. Honestly, like, how are you going to Elmer glue an electrical outlet? Right. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, yeah. Ants are crazy. But, you know, I kind of respect them for being hardworking. But at the same time, it's like, if you invade <laughs> my house, you're dead. 
I honestly know so much about ants and I never knew I needed to know um, when I was researching how to get rid of them. Like I had no idea they had two stomachs. That was interesting to me. (laughs) I had no idea the way that the queen develops her colony. Like they're, they're very intricate. Like I even told Eddie, it's so interesting that I want to just like, um, cut out one of the walls and put like pan glass paneling just so I can watch their daily lives because (laughs) just the, I mean, it, it is they're insects, but the way that they have their whole like worlds and everyone has a role and yes, they're hardworking. It's just really interesting. I actually had, um, when you were younger, you used to be able to, uh, send away for an ant farm. And I had one as a kid, but they didn't really care for it very much, (laughs) but anyway, um, Yes, I know way more about ants than I ever thought I wanted to or needed to, but they are very interesting. Yeah, um, when I went to Nicaragua, the ants are actually half the size of the ants here in California. Yeah. They're super tiny. So they get into like the VCR and the DVD player and the TV, like they get all over there. Um, Then I went to Joshua Tree and the ants are like slightly bigger than the ones we have here and they're red. So, oh, the red ants bite yeah, the heck out yeah, of you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I both fear and respect the ants, but <laughs> I hate them in my home. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And I got some chisme for you guys today. So Batman Unburied um, just cast the the voice of Winston Duke as the voice of Bruce Wayne. And if you don't know who Winston Duke is, he's Mumbaku in the Black Panther. So oh. he's going to be our brand new Bruce Wayne. Yes. Anyway, uh, he is actually, a, a, this is going to be a Spotify podcast uh, uh, of the Dark Knight. And the screenwriter will be uh, David S. Goyer. And they've also cast Jason Isaacs as um, Alfred uh, and he's, uh, if you don't know who uh, Isaac, uh, Jason Isaacs is, is Harry, he's uh, from uh, Harry Potter fame, Lucius Malfoy as Alfred. So I'm very excited. As soon as I read this, I was like on Spotify looking for Batman and <laughs> Buried and only to realize that they're just casting it now. Uh-huh. It's not yet available. Yeah. So um, no other castings have been uh, announced yet. Uh, but uh, Spotify is sharing the new plot details. Uh, it's a podcast which describes is described as a f- psychological thriller that dives into the mind of Bruce Wayne that features dark twists and classic Batman villains. So interesting. So I'm very excited for that because, uh, as you know, I am a Batman fan, but also uh, a really huge fan of Batman the animated series, which I thought was amazing. Uh, I've never gotten to watch it by the oh time I, but at the time it hit my radar and I went to try to watch it, it was taken off of Netflix. Oh, you're missing out, but it's an Amazon, I believe, on Amazon. Oh, Prime. is it? Yes. Oh, I can watch that. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Oh my God, so good. Um, even though Kevin Conroy is the Batman voice of my dreams, um, I am so welcoming to um, Winston Duke as the voice of Batman. I can't wait. So um, 
I am excited because I I like Spotify and I like to listen to my podcasts on Spotify and to listen to, and I actually listen to the Sandman Audible uh, Preludes to Nocturne series. Mm-hmm. So um, I really was awakened to a whole new different thing where somebody it's sort of like an audio book where they're telling you right yeah. So um, I'm excited about this. I'm super excited. Like I said, when I first read about this, I was like looking on Spotify and I'm like, where is this Batman and Buried podcast? Damn it. And then I, <laughs> and then I read more of, of, of the uh, article and I was like, oh, they're just in development. <laughs> they're just in casting. So anyway, that's mm-hmm. on my radar and it should be on yours. That's your cheese man. Oh, shit. My cheese man. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I keep saying on my radar? My God. <laughs> it must SMH. be the beer. Oh, wait a minute. I haven't had beer yet. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, that is my cheese. No, you just had one. other kinds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Now it is time for <laughs> On My Radar. And what do you have on my radar today, Kristen? Okay, so I have on my radar a book that came out recently that I wanted to really read. And by the time I went to go take it off the shelf, someone had already come and bought it. So I had to order more. Mm. So I have them coming. But this book is called Did You Hear What Eddie Gain Done? Um, And if you are any kind of true crime enthusiast, you might be familiar with the name Eddie Gain. Um, This book is written by Harold Scheichter. And it is drawn by Eric Powell of um, Goon fame. Um, and so uh, Harold Schechter, Schechter, I might be mispronouncing, is one of the greats in the field of true crime literature. He's written Deviant, The Serial Killer Files, and Hell's Princess. And he's teaming up with Eric Powell, who is a five-time Eisner Award-winning graphic novelist, um, The Goon, Big Man Plans, and Hillbilly. I've never read Goon, but I love Big Man Plans and Hillbilly so much. Um, And they are partnering to bring you the tale of one of the most notoriously deranged serial killers in American history, Ed Gain. So the book, Did You Hear What Eddie Gain Done, is an in-depth exploration of the Gain family and what led to the creation of the necrophile who haunted the dreams of 1950s America and inspired the films, such films as Psycho, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Silence of the Lambs. Painstakingly researched and illustrated Schechter and Powell's true crime graphic novel, takes the gain story out of the realms of exploitation and gives the reader a fact-based dramatization of these tragic, psychotic, and heartbreaking events. Because in this case, the truth needs no embellishment to be horrifying. <laughs> well, so I know that true crime is like so popular. And I love that this is a true crime story in graphic novel form. Um, drawn by a true, I mean, written by a true crime novelist and drawn by a graphic um, novel creator. So um, I can't wait. I have them on order. They should be coming in soon. Um, and when I read it, I'll let you know. But it's called Did You Hear What Eddie, Eddie Gain Done? And it is already available to order from your local comic store. Wasn't Eddie Gain the guy that went into the cemetery and then skinned 
corpses and made clothes and lanterns out of it. I, I do think- know that I think I heard that he made clothes and lanterns, but I don't know if that's where he got the skin from. <laughs> I, I know that uh, I, he even made like pantyhose out of skin. Pantyhose? No. And I think what? a belt out of nipples. I don't know. Something like Which? that. Oh, I'm and into what? that though. Yeah, me too. I'm just like, <laughs> I can't wait. Like, oh let God. me know if you get it because I want to read it. So he's, um, he was also known as the Butcher of Plainfield or Plainfield Ghoul. And he was an American f- convicted murderer. Yes. And it says here he was a body snatcher. Gaines crimes committed around his hometown of Plainfield, Wisconsin, uh, gathered widespread notoriety in 1957 after authorities discovered he had exhumed corpses from local graveyards and fashioned trophies and keepsakes from their bones and skin. Yeah, of course it's in Wisconsin. That's what all the crazy. <laughs> but he are. also confessed to killing two women. Um, so, yep, you got the right person. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man, and I think like if you Google it, you could see some of the stuff he made with skin. Oh, people yeah. are people crazy. Are, I mm. know, and I <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean. It's sad that it's actually true, but goddamn, people are fucking nuts, and I love it. Yep, they are. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, what time is it, Kristen? Already? It's time. Already. Already. (laughs) Es la hora de la la cervecita. (laughs) Mine's all sweaty. I can't read it. So this comes to us from Jen. Jen picked this up from uh, us when she um, worked in um, Hell's by Amazon. And I was going to the Gelson's there. That was the best thing about that job was that Gelson's. Um, So this is from one of my favorite of all time breweries. This is an Allagash Brewing Company's beer and it is called River Trip. It is a Belgian style session ale, and it says that um, a companion to backyards, backwoods, and balconies alike. This Belgian style table beer packs an array of melon, citrus, and stone fruit notes brewed with coriander, dry hopped, and good for any adventure. Says we brew all of our mm. best beer at a single brewery in Portland, Maine, just like we have since 1995. Ooh. And this is a Belgian style session ale, 4.8 ABV. So, okay, coriander is the English word for cilantro? The, the little balls, yeah. Okay, got it. Uh Yeah, I knew that I remembered it from a previous uh, beer tasting, but I couldn't recall if it was like the little ball or the actual cilantro plant. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I really love the the title because right now it's summer. And so like, uh, I mean, I'm by far, I love the ocean. I'm more of an ocean beach person. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I love pools, like swimming pools. But recently, on trips that I've taken to Central California, I've been really in getting into like rivers. Yeah, like anything yeah. river inspired now is on my radar. So, um, having thank you, Jim, for picking this up. River trip, I really love it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I should take this to my central 
Central California trip to um Oh, that's right. Yeah. Your your little piece of heaven on earth. Ooh. Yes. The little glamping. Oh, I love your mug. It's from uh it is from a brewery in Madeira called Riley's Brewing Company and they had a hard root beer that I got at a uh at a fancy beer and wine place uh in my hometown that's mm -hmm. like an oxymoron but <laughs> but anyway when you bought the root beer they gave you the free mug oh nice it's uh -huh. nice it looks like it could take a licking <laughs> but anyway i am loving this i i actually am a fan of coriander in beer um it gives it a distinct kind of like kind of a bite aftertaste mm -hmm. in the but I definitely taste the melon in it. Uh, when I first tasted it, I, I was like, there's citrus in here but then uh -huh. I and, and coriander, but I couldn't figure that other taste. And when you mentioned melon, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. And that's kind of a first for me because I don't think I've had melon in a beer taste before. So I'm really pleasantly surprised with this. What about you guys? So Belgians are my favorite style type of beers. Um, I just really love the flavors a lot. They're very, um, you can identify a Belgian right from the first sip. And um, this is a very light summer beer, mm -hmm. definitely 100%. And I could also taste all the flavors that they mentioned. Very flavorful, full, um, my palate is like just full of the flavor, but at the same time, very light and refreshing, yes. which I love. Like, I don't get me wrong. I love a good IPA. A hundred percent, but, um, this beer is more, um, for me personally, anyway, the kind of beer that I could drink throughout the day, like IPA, you drink three and you're passed out on the couch. Oh, um, yeah. but this, um, definitely, it doesn't feel heavy in my stomach. It didn't feel heavy on my palate and it's very flavorful. And I don't think I've ever had an Allagash I didn't like. So I mean, <laughs> I, I'm definitely willing to keep, uh, keep searching, but um, I really like this a lot. I really do like it. It goes down really smoothly. Um, and it has, maybe it's because I was drinking another beer before this, but <laughs> And I haven't eaten anything. Oh, no. So, <laughs> to be fair, I, I ate before, like, around 2 a.m. So, okay. <laughs> but I was also kind of drunk when I was doing that. So, <laughs> um, but it has, like, it has, hmm. I think this might be the first time that this well, this has hops in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. I think this might be the first time I actually like the taste of it <laughs> because it's it. Uh, uh, it's really really good. I I do like it, and it goes well with this other beer that I was drinking. So I'm just gonna be double fisting them now. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy it, and I got it because. Um, I got it because when I saw it, I was just like, oh, I know we've had Allagash stuff before. And I was like, and I want to try more stuff. 
from them and I, they had the or the northern sky one that we did before yes yes and i was just so like i don't think we've done the river trip one so i'll grab that one this is my foray into buying beer <laughs> so it's very interesting the way that you described it and why you liked it and saying that it's the first time that you um that you enjoy the hop flavor because one of the very clear um distinctions of a belgian style ale is that it has a low but noticeable hop bitterness that mm. is its flavor profile so the fact mm -hmm. that 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 is definitely something you picked out um of something that you liked what it is exactly it did its mm -hmm. job that's exactly the way that it was supposed to taste well then job well done because <laughs> i think that this is the first yeah this is, might be the first time i really am enjoying the taste of the hops and that like nice like a little bit of bitterness unlike mm -hmm. an ipa yes <laughs> you know um i love belgium style uh Th but this definitely has a distinct like U.S. feel to it with the melon and the coriander. So I'm just like really loving this. I, I really do. It's really refreshing. It's definitely something you can enjoy in your backyard. Um, it's it's very summery. I love it. Mm -hmm. I definitely love it. I definitely love to go to Maine just to visit this brewery my niece happens to live in maine now so i guess i would visit her as well but <laughs> i would love to go to maine to visit this brewery because um it has a lot of my favorite beers you definitely should and you know what every time i think about maine i think if i go to maine i have to go to allagash yeah so oh i would good. also stalk stephen king <laughs> incredible love that <laughs> <laughs> well, I also have to have the lobster. But anyway, uh, I don't eat seafood, so I'm good. Oh, uh, lobster. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um lobster uh, is basically big shrimp. Yes. Oh, but a little bit tastier, I think. Anyway, I would love to take the uh the clams there. Oh my god. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. So, are we ready to actually rate the beer? Uh, yes. Kristen, can you tell us our rating scale to the Yes. Audience? So, our rating scale is a 5-point scale where one is a flaccid, two is an initial, three is partial, four is full, and five is rigid. And if it is a beer that we cannot even fit on this scale, it is a six out of five Super Saiyan. So, Sarah, what is your rating? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a... You know what? I'm really loving this. I'm really loving this, like um the summer vibe so i'm gonna give it a rigid Ooh, you know Ooh. this part of summer i actually really enjoy where it's kind of starting to change the air has a certain crispness in it but you still have the the warmth and the heat and it's getting dark a little bit earlier um i don't know i've just really had uh been digging the vibe lately uh, the dog days of summer <laughs> <laughs> yeah although i haven't had a beach day at all because of covid yeah i'm really loving the su this summer vibe i really am like i know that i hate the heat but these beers really are really like i don't know embodying summer vibe so i really mm -hmm. love it i love it 
I haven't been to a Bay Area beach yet, and I'm kind of excited, but I have heard that they're very different from SoCal beaches. So I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm pretty sure it's like all rocks. It's not sand. (gasps) Is it? Mm. Oh, that's weird. That makes sense. Yeah, I believe so. And I think it's colder, too. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because we're more up north. I'm just all like, oh, my perfect <laughs> picturesque SoCal beaches. <laughs> uh, so this is Kristen, and I am also going to give it a rigid. I really enjoyed it a lot. I swear you put Allagash on any can and I'm going to love it. So um, I would definitely buy this again. I would... Um, Oh, I'm just picturing it in a little cooler full of ice, like uh, not even outside, like sitting on the couch watching TV. <laughs> so you know, I give it a rigid. You know what I would love to put like a four pack in the river and having the river cool it for you. Oh, oh. very poetic. Oh, man. It's Damn. called River Trip. I know. Yeah. Right. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right. What do you think, Jen? I was kind of stuck between a full and a rigid because I I did enjoy it, but I was really enjoying the one that I was drinking before too. And I was just so like, I don't know what taste is coming from what, but <laughs> hearing you guys talk about it and just knowing the fact that like, I really do enjoy this unique taste from it and from the hops, I'm going to go with a rigid. Ooh, Ooh nice. nice. That has been our beer review. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? Well, I don't have a copy of the book, so I can't uh, actually read anything on the book. But I do know that we are reading super fun, sexy time. And you know that I picked that book specifically just for the title. I didn't even know what the heck it was about. <laughs> uh-huh. I do have a copy of the book, so I will read the back for okay. you. Okay. So it is five short, sexy comics featuring superheroes, supervillains, sidekicks, and the people who love them. Two, sidekick op- two sidekicks on opposite sides get stuck in in an underground lab together and find a great way to pass the time. A tactician and superhero discuss their desires, limits, and kinks before their first time and perhaps get a little too excited in the process. (laughs) A pair of supervillains explore gender and sex together while growing closer in their relationship. Lesbian heroes try out a kinky role-playing scenario and discover how to make it work for both of them. And an exhausted assassin relaxes after a long day with the kind, yet firm, attentions of his husband. Showing consent in character-driven erotic relationships featuring a wide variety of sexualities and bodies, Super Fun Sexy Times answers the age-old question, what happens when the mask comes off? (laughs) Age-old question. I love it. That's so funny. Yep. And this is by Limer... 
Limerence Press. Yes. Who I think we've reviewed something of theirs before. Yes. Limerence is actually an imprint of Oni and they publish quality mm. erotica, sex education and gender and sexuality studies comics. And they focus on positive, inclusive and approachable books that reflect a whole variety of emotional and intimate experiences. And I believe that that open uh, open Space? Open, open Earth. Earth. Yeah, Open Earth was actually yeah, we um, Open Earth. Oh, published and, by Limerence. Yes. yes, uh, yes and yes. they did a quick and easy guide to queer and trans identities yeah. and the, a, a quick and easy guide to they them pronouns as well. Mm-hmm. So they're, they've done some great, great stuff. A lot of body positivity. And there's another thing here. It says small favors. The definitive girly porno collection. Ooh. <gasps> yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so i you know what when you text to us that you had a book called super fun sexy times i was like i'm here for it but the superhero aspect of the story i loved loved yeah. loved, loved and and the very first opening um the first chapter uh, when you look at the first uh, panel, which is a full page, um, the artist drew this page from like the ceiling down. So it's a it's a diff it's a actually different uh, aspect that I have rarely seen in comic books. Like you've seen like. You know how we take the selfie from the top yeah. down to not show our double chin, or <laughs> yeah. or for people that are very fit, they take it from the bottom up to show the sky behind them, and you know they don't have a double chin. But, <laughs> but rarely do you see from the ceiling down into the room. I mean, that's that's something you really only kind of see in movies, and very rarely in movies as well. So the fact that the artist. Um, made this happen on the very first page I was just like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> like the artist is is uh, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like the artist isn't just doing what other artists have done before mm-hmm. before them in comic books uh, their, their angles their perspective their vantage point whatever is completely new and that's actually something that I caught on because it's kind of revolutionary because you don't you don't see you don't see something that surprises you or astonishes you in comics because you feel like maybe everything's been done but just opening with that just opening with that in the very first page I was just like oh my god I'm in for a treat <laughs> and so um uh, that's just art wise i haven't even touched on uh, the story wise oh <laughs> my god so the creator is meredith mclaren she both wrote and drew this book and um i think the fact that she is a web cartoonist okay. might be contributing to what you're saying and seeing sarah because i find in reading web comics that their vantage points and the way that they create their paneling sometimes differs very much so from a um, a 
more traditional comic yeah books. traditional comic and in fact when we see web comics that are put into um printed comics sometimes we can see um specifically the fact that that was a transition and because there is a difference and i think a lot of people don't really realize it but um with web comics specifically you have to sometimes be very creative with the way that you are paneling and laying stuff out and especially because there are so many different platforms for web comics as well so um on the web she has written hinges Heart in a Box and Hopeless Savages. And she ho- also happens to be the cover artist for Gem in the Holograms. So she's very, um, she's very. Uh, she's got that super pastel look. Uh-huh. Yeah, super fun uh-huh. colors. Yeah. And you so, can see that throughout the book too. I, uh, yes. It's one of the things that I really enjoyed about the book, the coloring. I mean, super sexy fun times, like. It sounds very lighthearted and like, oh, that's cute, whatever. But there's like, you see penises, you see vaginas, you see coitus. Like they're like the first time I saw it, it kind of took me by surprise. But I'm like, yes, this is what I want in my book. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know what? And I'm so glad you mentioned the her web comic background because one of the things that I super enjoyed that I don't see in comic books or graphic novels is um she puts you right in the scene and right in the action and right in the story. And then between chapters, she gives you a um a, a kind of a, a what is it, a rundown on the on the people you just read about. So, yeah, it's kind of like a, a character fact sheet or something. Yeah, of, or, of, or 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 like when, if you collected cards, like when yeah. you turn the card around, it gives you like their power level, yeah, abilities, you know, all this stuff. So I really, and that was a kind of a throwback to collecting cards, but um, I like that because she gave you full on story without having to go because these are several stories of several different characters she doesn't have to go back backtrack and give you like a flashback of the origins she just gives you like you turn the card around and you know their power level you know their abilities you know their name you know their um their um superhero name or super villain name uh or you know like it it it's i am sorry but this comic book is magical to me like <laughs> it, um, it has everything that I, I ever wanted um, it has male on male intimacy and, and, and it has detailed the thing I like about this is the first chapter you see it there are two sidekicks well one of them's not a sidekick he's just a, a hired uh, gun so, so to speak but um the way they interact with each other, even though they're they're uh, what is it called? They're nemesis, uh, or they're uh, what is it called? They're not okay. They're fighting against each other in the real <laughs> world, but they're stuck in this room in the basement. And even though they fight against each other, they are really, really, really respectful towards each other. Mm-hmm. Like from the stroking of the scars from like the ice hands going into the anus like I just it's really <laughs> just beautiful like I mean yeah, I know, it's stroking of scars to ice hands <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just I mean like 
I, I mean, I know that when we went out, girls, and we talked about my first, the first time a guy went down on me and how respectful he was of my space. Uh-huh. That, I think, has to happen more. And I think in order for that to happen more, people need to talk about it and people need to read about it and people need to learn to do that. You just don't just shove your fingers into someone's ass. Like, Yeah, actually, that was one of the notes that I specifically mm-hmm. wanted to highlight about this book is that every single one of the stories had couples talking openly and candidly about what they wanted, what they enjoyed, what they didn't want from their partners in bed. And I know that um, as a a young woman in my 20s, that was something that I did not feel comfortable doing. I would lay Mm -hmm. there and let them do whatever it was they wanted to do. And some of it could be because I just wasn't, I mean, as knowledgeable of what I actually wanted, maybe because I was, you know, young. And when I having sex in high school, like, you don't know, you just know you, you want it because your hormones are so freaking crazy. But but as you get older, you start to develop what your likes and dislikes and stuff are. But in my twenties, I didn't know how to communicate that. It was kind of like, you're having sex with this person but also kind of like embarrassing to say it, which was like, now as I'm an older woman, I'm like, that was so stupid. I missed right? so much good mm-hmm. sex back it's in the day. Embarrassing. Yeah. It's just so like, hey, you, I've also, well, I took, I take a lot less shit from the men that I've been with mostly because I was like, yeah, uh, no, don't <laughs> get up. You're not doing it right. <laughs> but definitely, um, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, so that's a lesson that I learned quickly. I was just all like, eh, yeah, no. If a man doesn't, if I don't like what the man's doing, I'm just all like, get off, get off, get off. Never mind. This <laughs> this sucks. Um, uh, but it's it's. I really did like that about the book too. Is just all the positivity and like the mm-hmm. open talking and even like like relationships like about like when you don't. I really like the supervillain ones. That one was really cute. I think because uh, like there was like the reactions of the mad scientist character. She was she was like oh my god like for, at first she thought it was something that she had done but they were like no it's more about me and then they talked more about like gender and stuff like that and then they were like yeah let's and then they were like yeah let's let's have super fun sexy times. <laughs> And that's how most of these end, but they're really, they're really, they're really nice. And I like the little like character pages that we get about the characters themselves too, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of each short story, because they may be curious about this world that they're living in as well. Yeah, me too. What it's like and what it is and stuff like that. So I would love to know more, but at the same time, these are all like really nice snippets into their life. I really enjoyed the one uh, that was called the, the pre <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. I, yes. I have to tell you, oh, they didn't God. even have sex. I know. And it turned me on. Oh my God. Because I- the story was about this woman who had been dating this guy. And Super she you? basically was interested in going and taking the relationship to the next level. But in their conversation, so basically she wanted to have a grown up open conversation about. Um, what she wanted, what was okay, what was a hard stop, and to have him share the same things. Um, and 
then in the conversation, it comes out that she'd actually never had sex before. Mm-hmm. Yep. And but the fact that he was listening to her talk about it and what she wanted and, and that he started getting so excited and he was sitting there on the other side of the table, like mm-hmm. starting to pleasure himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> like but they you- weren't even together. But And that was so hot. Like I was like getting a little voyeuristic thrill out of that. <laughs> And you know what I liked about that specific chapter in in this book was because um, she was being so very thorough about Mm -hmm. everything, but he wasn't talking down to her or or even making fun of her being so detailed. And he was patient and he was open to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Like, I love that he, even though he's Titan, a super strong yeah. being, like, you know, you think that he's like, oh, like, you know, like Thor, like, you know, um, but he was just so open to sitting down and just talking to her and talking with mm-hmm. her and discussing the negotiations and how when they touched upon something that he found very interesting that she would like he um patiently and and a kind of like softly led it, her into this scenario of how he would do these things without because obviously like i mean as a teenager or actually a young adult having sex um they get men get really impatient and they just want to shove it in you like uh, so for me reading this and and just like going through like a slow soft meaningful open process with them i just want uh, let me tell you at the end of the story i wanted to go get a butt plug with (laughs) and i wanted frank to rub my belly that's all i wanted oh yeah at the end she speaking about rubbing your belly it turns out she wanted to explore kitten play Yes. And okay, I am not a fan of furries. You all know this. They creep me the F out, but kitten play intrigues It's different. It intrigues me. Yes. It's different. Like I said, I wanted to get a a nice... You have a cat girl. That's that's what kitten play is. You have a cat girl or a cat boy, and there you go. Like, by the end of the story, the way he talked her through this amazing thing across the table, um, I wanted to get, like, a chrome butt plug with a tail on it. (laughs) I just, that's what I wanted. Like, that's, like, I was, like, laying next to my husband. I was like, how awesome would it be if I had that right now? (laughs) Like, it just Would you like some recommendations? Oh, I mean, I I have websites. I just never, <laughs> I just never clicked. I never pulled the trigger. But um, I was laying next to my husband. Pull the trigger. Buy it. <laughs> Indulge. I, I I was laying next to my husband reading this book, and I was like, "Wow, this could be <laughs> us. This could be us." <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, cool. One thing I wanted to ask because I, I, you know, I was reading this like at like 11 o'clock at night and I wanted to ask, what is a packer? What is a packer? Yeah, it was in the first chapter, something about a searching for packers, P-A-C-K-E-R. 
Well, I think um, this might be just a term in that world or something, but I'm guessing it's because I I know what you're talking about. Let me go to that story right now. Yeah, I I thought it was like you know like a derogatory derogatory term would be fudge packer. I thought, but um, yeah, it was something that I didn't get a chance to look up, but I thought it was it meant in that sense. But yeah, no, I I I really enjoyed this book. I enjoyed um. I like Kristen said pre-fuck negotiations was awesome. Um, I mean, all these stories were quite freaking amazing. Um, I really love the one with uh, Shade. Um, I don't know. I mean, he wears women's lingerie. Would you consider that a crossdresser or? But no, he, he uh... also. He also identified as she at some point within the story. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of it's... things that I've learned reading this. Like, well, that one had a, mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me, a great, that one was Good Foundations. And yes. that one had a great comment, a uh, quote where he said, uh, where they said, sometimes I feel like a boy. Sometimes I feel like a girl. Sometimes I don't feel like either. So mm -hmm. I, I thought that that was really cool and interesting conversation for them to have because that person owen was very apprehensive of sharing those feelings with charlotte um mm -hmm. and his uh, their partner and um it turned out that the partner didn't care and was like we can have fun no matter what like i like mm -hmm. you i love you but um mm -hmm. i thought that 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 quote and comment was really important to put out there because that is how a lot of people um, feel. And mm -hmm. you don't, I feel like society really tries to make sure that everyone fits in a small little tight box um, and doesn't allow for the fact that the reality is that um, gender and gender and sexuality is fluid. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. I, um, I mean, I know we talked before about how I was, I actually got a little bit, uh, what is it called, obsessed with the female one time. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. Jen was saying that I love how, you, although you guys identify as straight females, there's a fluidity in your sexuality. And I think that's true for a lot of people that just don't realize it. And I think reading a book like this helps you understand a little bit more about yourself and maybe even respect the boundaries or the fluidity of other individuals you come across, mm -hmm. which is what I love about this book because I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about, you know, how to talk to someone when they're very vulnerable and sharing with you a, a very personal piece of who they are which I loved. Do you yes, guys want I, to share, share anything else about the book? I just really enjoyed it. It was a, the title of the book, super fun, sexy time. Like it was all of those things. Uh, and I just had um, a fun time reading it. Uh, I really, same. I really have enjoyed everything that I've read by uh, published by Limerence and um want to continue to to see what other kind of stuff they have because 
um, so far they've just really hit it out of the park with everything. So I, I definitely really enjoyed it a lot. Me too. All right, guys, I think we're ready to actually rate the book. Um, this is Sarah and I'm going to give it the whole panaderia. I really freaking loved it. Um, I learned from it. And as you guys know, I love learning from comic books and, um, it also opened up different aspects of sexuality that I wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even on my radar. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, even that alone, it's, it's learning and it's being, and it's inspiring. So that's why it's a hope on a day for me. What about you guys? So this is, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. So this is Kristen. I am also going to give it the whole panaderia. When a book uh, is entertaining, it's educational, it is sensitive to the community that it is writing about, I, I have to give it the whole panaderia. It was so good. Um, the creator was is just so talented in both writing and comics and i would love to actually uh check what other uh web comics that they've done and um i can only imagine that they're just as amazing so i give it the whole part of it uh i have to concur with everyone else i have to give it the whole part of it too i really like uh the like diversity that they used in this and even like even with like you know there being like um uh, super fun sexy times that they did add that superhero ad, ad, yeah. uh, aspect like some of them were aliens one of them was a spider monster girl and i really like like that i was just all, like hell yeah monster fucker rights um uh, <laughs> and like the also like the genders or and be people who were featured as well in the different um, uh, relationships. We had, had straight, we had gay, we had lesbian, we had uh, trans, we had NB uh, representation. It was all really, really good. So the whole panaderia for me. All right, guys, that has been our book review. The whole panaderia all around. All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have Cautionary Fables and Fairy Tales of North America. So Iron, this is published by Iron Circus Comics, and it presents over 100 pages of comics inspired by folk tales of indigenous nations, all based around like North America. So it's... Um, um, the Woman in the Woods and Other North American Stories is an all-new anthology of fantastic comics inspired by original North American folktales, from the thrilling tale of Chokfi the Trickster Rabbit to the stirring story of the White Horse Plains, as told by indigenous creators. The, big, the book features more than 100 pages of entertaining and educational stories by artists and writers from indigenous nations across the continent, including, as was told, but to me, a creation tale that shows the world needs good and bad to exist, which is written and illustrated by Elijah Forbes, a transgender Odawa illustrator who has facilitate, facilitated the creation of illustration projects such as the 2020 Trans Awareness Week. Uh, and it goes on to list a bunch of more stories, all by Indigenous creators. Um, and I have, like... Um, uh, 
done focused on Iron Circus Comics. They always put out really quality stuff. But this one is really, really ambitious and really, really beautiful as well. Uh, we've reviewed other stuff from there, like The Girl Who Married a Skull and other African stories uh, and stuff like that. So they're really like care about like putting out stories like this uh they have already met their funding goal of twenty thousand dollars they are currently at a hundred and twenty six thousand seven hundred and thirty seven dollars with two thousand nine hundred thirty three backers and by the time this episode comes out about like four days to go so i have already backed them uh but you can back them of course without like you know expecting anything just to like support but the first tier is $8 or more, and it's the ebook. You get a DRM-free PDF uh, version of the book. Uh, the next tier is at $20, which is the ebook and the book itself. So you get a physical copy of the book. And then the next tier is the $30, and you just get um, um, uh, two copies of the book as well. And then there's a $35 version, uh, $35 version of the backing, which is you get uh, quite a you get you get five copies of the PDF book that you can give to however you want. And then it keeps going up from there. But I think this is a really, really important and um uh, very beautifully drawn book as well because we get some sketch pages and of course each artist is uh different but you like see the cover and it's really nice you have this very beautiful uh native indigenous girl uh dancing on a turtle and it's oh, cool. uh and it just it, the art only gets better so uh on kickstarter cautionary fables and fairy tales north america awesome all right, guys, it's now time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today I have something a little bit different. Um, today that we are recording this, this isn't necessarily the day that you'll be hearing this. In fact, I know it won't be because this is going to come out uh, a couple of weeks after. But today is the one-year anniversary of Chadwick Boseman dying from colo. <clears throat> rectal cancer. And um, it's very, um, it was, it was um, something that happened in the black community that really brought a lot of attention to the fact that um, uh, black, not just men, but black men and women have a higher um, instance of um, colorectal cancer. Um, so today I am going to talk to you about an organization called coloncancercoalition.org. And they are a minority health and colorectal cancer um, organization. Um, and they uh, want to share that colorectal cancer affects men and women equally and impacts people of all nationalities and ethnic groups, but not all are impacted the same. Um, many ethnic and minority groups should begin screening before age 50, and many gastroenter uh, gastroenterologists recommend screening 
at age of 45 for African-American and other minority groups. So for African-Americans, there's a higher chance of being diagnosed at a later stage and with a higher mortality rate. And because of the higher risk, that's why they recommend screening at age 45. But um, that particular community has some barriers to screening. There's a cultural barrier, including a mistrust of the medical community, a high burden of cancer risk factors, including diet, exercise, obesity, and underlying health conditions, and reliance on leaders and laypersons in the community for trusted information. There's also socioeconomic barrier, including low income, access to transportation, lack of health insurance, lack of medical literacy, access to care, often a barrier to those living in rural areas, areas is discrimination within the healthcare setting. Mm-hmm. So I did know, based on the fact that Chadwick Boseman's death brought a lot of information around colorectal cancer, cancer in the Black community, but in this uh, website, which is coloncancercoalition.org, they also talk about Asian Americans um, being the fastest growing minority group in the United States and how 52% of Asian American adults between 50 and 75 have not been screened for colorectal cancer and that it's the second most common cancer in Asian Americans. That's like, wow. huge. I had no idea. Wow. And then for Latinx community, 47% of Hispanic adults between 50 and 75 are not being screened. And, um, some of the same barriers for, uh, for accessing, um, information, uh, is, uh, to screening is uh, logistical and financial barriers, cultural barriers, including misconceptions about Western medicine, um, put VIX on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then fear of cancer and fear of procedures, um, present, present barriers because talking about disease and death is culturally taboo, which a hundred percent I uh, saw that in my grandmother, a hundred percent. She did not want to talk about her death, oh even when God, it yes. came to like getting insurance to like cover it and to be prepared. She was like, nope, I don't want to talk about it. She always just tell me, what, you already see one foot in the grave? Like she was like, would get angry that oh, yeah. my mom wanted to talk about it. Um, and then the, there's the, the um, other thing they say is like, if it's my time to go, I'm, it's my time to go. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's yeah. It. That's yeah. It. Yep. Um, uh, one thing they don't mention in here, but that definitely is an issue is the language barrier. I mean, I think that is like almost number one in accessing information and screening. Um, and then they have they go on to give more information about American Indians and Alaska Natives. Um, and so this particular organization <laughs> specifically highlights information for minority health and colon cancer. So um, when you go to the website, um, there's lots of information. You can um, donate, they have events, they have grants, they have um, a section where it says get educated so that you can get more information about colon cancer overall. I just really think that it is um, a great resource for minorities uh, and colon cancer. And um, a year after Chadwick Boseman loses uh, his life to colon cancer, I think the least that we can do is to honor his memory by continuing to educate. That's awesome. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And saludos goes out to Kristen. <laughs> Isn't it like Jack Kirby's birthday? Isn't he like a hundred and something? Yeah, well, he is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, 
today would have been Jack Kirby's birthday. Um, Jack Kirby, uh, born Jacob Kurtzberg, was uh, born in August on August 28th, 1917. And he is or he was American comic book artist who helped create hundreds of original characters, including Captain America, Incredible Hulk, Fantastic Four and the person, uh, the character that uh, that Chadwick actually played in the movies, Black Panther. Woo-hoo! So uh, Jack Kirby is a huge uh, name in the comic book industry. I think often gets overshadowed. I think a lot of creators often get overshadowed by Stan Lee because yes. Stan Lee um, was very uh, good at marketing himself uh, and continued to do that until his death. But Jack Kirby was a little more under the radar, but um, put in a lot of work and creativity into uh, those characters that continue to make a lot of people a lot of money to this day. Mm -hmm. So, yes, saludos goes out to Jack Kirby, um, icon of American comic book. Absolutely. And you guys... um there's some really awesome prints uh, honoring Jack Kirby at Collector. What what is the website? Is www.collectorscomics.com. Oh, yes, and um, if you read up on uh, the comic strips for, of Jack Kirby, you learn more about Jack Kirby as a creator. So check that out. Go to that website. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, girls? You can find us on our very own website, which is comadrecomics.com. And on that website, you can find all of our social media links, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find our email. You can email us at comadrecomics at gmail.com. You can DM us on any of our social media. We are all over the place. You can contact us. Send us your notes. Ask us your questions. We should have like a, um, uh, and it's usually A M A, but it would ours would be A U A because it's ask us anything. We should do that. So anyway, yeah, beers and ask us anything with Commodity Comics. We should do that. We should do um, one of our day drinking, um, but we do it live on Facebook. <gasps> Not live, like videoing, but <laughs> mm-hmm. like just that we're we're like ask us anything all day. Yep. <laughs> I will. I have realized that I'm weak to margaritas. Oh, very very weak to margaritas. Yes. So we were talking about that earlier. So yes, mm-hmm. we're on social media. You can you can uh, contact us, uh, Gmail, all the things, uh, and we love to hear from you. Thank you guys for listening. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.